Thanks for joining us here at AG Kolkata. We are the church for the open arms and we serve in the city of joy, Kolkata. It is our desire to reach out to those in need and to be instruments of effective change in a hurting world. If you like to learn more about us, you can simply go to www.agkolkata.org. We hope that you'll enjoy today's message. Now we sing a lot of songs. You know, sometimes we try to include some old songs. Uh, and sometimes we have some new songs. Uh, but we get, you know, going on learning these songs and enjoying Beautiful lyrics, some of these songs have. You know, one of the songs, actually I was preparing and I put that down and I didn't know Pastor Agnel will do that as an opening song. Uh, this, you heard that song being done in the first song of the service today. Now it's written by Chris Tomlin and he sings a song called Jesus, Messiah. And uh, indeed, beautiful words, we sung it together this morning. Now, Chris Tomlin has taken the words, the lyrics of this from the scripture, from the Bible. In fact, he's echoing the prophets who centuries ago had prophesied about the coming Messiah. And we already told you in our previous messages, in fact, Pastor Ivan reminded us that the prophets were spokespersons of God who were anointed by God to bring his message to his people. Now these prophets prophesied very vividly and precisely the coming Messiah. And today we're going to look at what the prophet Isaiah says about the coming Messiah. And so my message this morning is entitled... The anointed servant king. The anointed servant king. We are going to read selectively from Isaiah chapter 53 verses 1 to 7. And Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 to 3. And I would request you to go back home and read the rest of the chapter. So you can join me and read with me as it comes up on the screen. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as the sheep before its shearers, 
is silent. So he did not open his mouth. We go to Isaiah chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord, of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for all those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. As I said, this is a prophecy of the prophet Isaiah. Now we're going to look at this prophecy and learn from this prophecy. The word Messiah in Hebrew means the one who is anointed or the anointed servant of Yahweh. You see, kings in Israel were anointed with oil in the name of God and it just symbolized their appointment as God's servant. But the term Messiah was not limited to people then in their context as we see it is referring to kings. But the term Messiah was later used to designate a future king, an expected royal leader from the line of David who will restore the kingdom to Israel. Now the Greek word for Christ is Christos, means the same, the anointed one. You read in the Hebrews, in the Hebrew, the word Messiah is the anointed one, anointed servant of Yahweh. Even Christ means the anointed one. Now this is what Peter meant when he replied to Jesus. You need to come to the New Testament and you need to understand when Jesus posed a question to his disciples, who do people say that I am? Peter is the one who tried to say this. And Peter said, you are Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. In fact, Jesus never denied that he was the Messiah. We read in his conversation, there are many places we can go and refer to, but in his conversation with the Samaritan woman, we find out she said like this to Jesus, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then listen to what Jesus told the Samaritan woman. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he, the Messiah the anointed servant, king of God. This morning, we're going to look at Isaiah's three portraits of the Messiah. He gives us three pictures 
beautiful wonderful pictures from his prophecy there are three portraits that we get from isaiah about the messiah first of all the savior you see isaiah very early in his book prophesied the birth of the messiah listen to what isaiah says in isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 he says therefore the lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will be with a child and you will give birth to a son and will call him emmanuel again isaiah takes us to isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and isaiah prophesied like this for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace and nearly 700 years later this prophecy of isaiah came to fulfillment listen to what the angel told joseph in matthew chapter 1 verse 21 and 21 22 she will give birth to a son listen to it it's the same prophecy that the angel brings and reminds joseph she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sins and verse 22 refers to what the prophet isaiah had said says all this took place to fulfill what the lord had said through the prophet the virgin will be with a child and he will be called emmanuel Now listen to what the angels told the shepherds at Jesus's birth in Luke chapter 2 verse 11 Today in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is Christ the Lord the anointed one savior and he is the messiah that was announced to the shepherds You see friends the people of Israel's understanding of the savior or the messiah was a political deliverer. Now they were looking for a political deliverer who will deliver them from the enemy's oppression and aggression. But this was totally different from what prophet Isaiah was saying. prophet isaiah is saying the messiah was coming to save the people his name shall be called jesus for he will save his people from their sins you see friends he will be known as the savior of the world that's what isaiah is communicating through his prophecy that is why the angel told joseph to name jesus as his name the child jesus because he will save his people from their sins i want us to understand this morning friends neither the people of israel nor we as followers of jesus can settle for any other savior but jesus there are many who will come and claim to be the savior they will project themselves 
to try to help us, to save us. In, in fact, many of the things that we have can replace that place of the Savior. But this morning, we need to understand there can be no savior, other Savior but Jesus. I say this because Isaiah refers to this. God made this very clear to the people of Israel and that he alone is the savior and no one else can take his place. This is how Isaiah says it. Look at verse chapter 43 verse 11. He says, I, even I, am the Lord and apart from me there is no savior. Listen to it. Just a simple verse. God is saying to his people, I, even I, am the Lord. Apart from me, there is no savior. Now look at the repetition of the pronoun, I, friends. Twice it is mentioned, I, even I, am the Lord. There is an emphasis that is made here, even as there is a repetition of God saying, I, and I, am the Lord. And that emphasis is the centrality and the exclusiveness of our God. He's the Savior. The Savior. What implication does the Messiah as a Savior have for us today, friends? One word. Hope. Hope. The Messiah has come. And his coming has brought to us hope, friends. If there is ever a time in our world and the people of our world need anything, look around the world. If there is anything ever needed. See, our modern world has everything that you can think about and dream about. It's right there at the fingertip. You can have it for yourself. But if there's ever a time in our world, our world and our people in our world, if they ever need anything, friends, it is hope. There is hopelessness, despair, confusion, frustration and dissatisfaction everywhere, seen everywhere. There is a void in people's life. They try to fill this with the things of the world and they end up more disillusioned than ever before. And so the simple truth from Isaiah is hope is found not in things but hope is found in Jesus, our Savior. Friends, that is a beautiful, beautiful encouragement that comes to us. But the question this morning, I ask myself and I ask us together and all the people of the world, why do we then have to live in sin? Live in hopelessness, despair and disillusionment when we have a savior, friends, that we can turn to. The prophet Isaiah points out who the savior is. Very, very clearly he points out in his prophecy the savior but the question that confronts us and that we must answer, he does not answer that. Answer that. What will you do with the Savior? 
that every individual has to decide. The Bible, the prophecies of the prophets explains it all to us. The Messiah, the anointed one is coming. And in the New Testament, we get a picture of the Savior who has come. And they talk to us who the Savior is. But what will you do with the Savior is something that needs to be decided by you. You see, friends, the Savior of the world can become the Savior of your life if you say yes to him. That's simple it is. If you say yes to the Savior of the world, he will not only be the Savior of the world, he will be your Savior. And I know that seated here, there are many of us here, those of us who have already said yes to him. And when we have said yes to him, we should continue to enjoy him and stay close to the Savior. So the first portrait that Isaiah gives to us about the coming Messiah is, is the Savior. The second portrait that Isaiah gives to us about the coming Messiah is the suffering. The suffering. Now Isaiah chapter 53 talks about the suffering servant. Through Isaiah, God tells that the promised Messiah, our Savior, will suffer and die. Not for his own sins, but for the sins of the people. And let me this morning walk you through Isaiah 53 in a very brief way. Now first of all, in Isaiah chapter 53, the Messiah is talked about as we say Isaiah says the Messiah will be rejected by his own people. Look at verse 3. He says like this, he was despised and rejected by men. Rejected by his own people. In fact, this is confirmed in the New Testament in John chapter 1 verse 11. When John writes and he says, he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. Secondly, the Messiah will be the substitutionary sacrifice for us. You see, friends, the contrast that Isaiah makes here in chapter 53 is between he, the Messiah, and our, or us. All of his suffering, the Messiah's suffering, was because of our rebellions. It was because of our sins. And I want you to look at verses 4 and 5 very closely, friends. Even as we look at verses 4 and 5, it reminds us, He, the Messiah, took our infirmities. He carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Our punishment was put on him so that we can receive peace. This is the prophecy. But come to New Testament. This was unfolded as Jesus was crucified on the cross 2,000 years ago. And Paul makes mention of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 
21, he says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Thirdly, the Messiah's response will be silence, patience, and endurance. Look at verse 7. Isaiah says, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. We come to the New Testament. Again, Matthew reminds us in Matthew chapter 27, verse 12 to 14. He reminds us when Jesus was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he gave no answers. Then standing before Pilate, you know, Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimonies that they are bringing against you? Again, we are reminded, but Jesus made no reply. You see, friends, the suffering of Jesus was not a fairy tale, but a reality. You know, sometimes we see in the Hindi movies, why Hindi movies, even the English movies, they take a good story and they try to bring about some excitement, some good things, okay? And so here we find about the Messiah, the King who's going to come, the anointed servant of God. He comes. He does his good work and he is accused by people. Villains are there and finally he dies and he rose again. And so some might say it's good fairy tale or you know action movie. But it's much more than that friends. The suffering of Jesus was not a fairy tale, not an action movie but a reality the gospel writers record for us in detail about Jesus' suffering. And I won't have time to unpack that this morning, all of it. But let me give it to you in gist this morning. We see Jesus agonizing in the garden of Gethsemane. You know that. The trials for the accusation leveled against him was unfair, friends. Never ever in a judiciary system we find that kind of an unfair trial. The way he was treated during the trials by the religious leaders and soldiers was cruel and inhumane. The crucifixion was painful. He was beaten, bruised and pierced and nailed to the cross. The Apostle Paul takes all of the suffering of Jesus and captures it in a few sentences when he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20 and he says people this is something you shouldn't forget and then he says this you are bought with a price you are bought with a price you see the messiah had to pay a price to set us free from our sins, friends. A t-shirt. And I'm sure that many of us wear t-shirt. You know, gents wear it. Even ladies wear it. 
All of us wear it, young and old, everyone wears T-shirt, right? A T-shirt carried the picture of the bloodied body of Jesus. And these words were written below. And the words were, If it was all right with me, and if it was all right with you, then why this happened? If it is all right with me, and if it's all right with you, then why this happened? The bloodied body of Jesus that we see embodies the suffering of Jesus. The truth is, friends, all was not right with us. We needed the suffering servant, our Messiah, to make us right. You see, friends, the suffering of the Messiah was the plan of God. The suffering did not deter him. The devil could not stop him. The cross could not defeat him. The grave could not hold him back. Jesus won the victory over sin, Satan and hell, friends. And it was possible only because he endured the suffering. Now God's response to the suffering servant Jesus our Messiah is found in Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Very beautifully gives us a picture of what is God's response. God has exalted this Messiah, his son, the servant king or the anointed servant king to a highest place and given him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that he is Christ, the Lord, to the glory of the Father, friends. That is God's response toward the suffering of the Messiah. We looked at two portraits, the Savior, the suffering, and let me conclude with the third portrait that Isaiah gives about the Messiah, the salvation, the salvation. You know, how many of us are glad that Jesus came into our world and died on our behalf? Amen. That's all. Are we glad this morning that Jesus came into our world? And he died on our behalf. <laughs> you see friends, it is very, very critical that we understand this. If there was no coming of Jesus, if there was no suffering and death of Jesus, there would be no salvation. And Luke takes this and reminds us about salvation that we need to think about and who is the one who gives us salvation. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12, Luke reminds us like this, salvation is found in no one else. 
mark that word friends no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved there is no other way to receive salvation we live in this part of the world where there are so many things that happens people are seeking for salvation they are sincerely seeking for salvation but it is all different things that they are seeking in but here luke reminds us salvation is found in no one else but the messiah jesus god's son you see friend god made this very clear that salvation is found in god and god alone i want you to look at another very short verse but a power packed verse of reminding us about the gift of salvation it is in luke chapter i'm sorry isaiah chapter 45 verse 22 and uh, please go back and read these references friends uh, you know god says to his people listen to this god says to his people turn to me and be saved turn to me and be saved all you ends of the earth for i am the god and there is no other there are three truths that you discover in this verse first of all the source of salvation the source of salvation is god himself friend he's saying turn to me i am the god there is no other you want salvation turn to me he is the source of salvation secondly the scope of salvation is talking about the scope is salvation is available for all mankind it doesn't matter where you live on the face of this earth it doesn't matter the background of your life uh, all that matters is you need to know salvation is available for all mankind isaiah says it all you ends of the earth turn to me and be saved all you or all you ends of the earth thirdly the simplicity of salvation see friends there are many many you know ways that people complicate many things but salvation jesus our messiah has made it very simple what does god say there turn to me turn to me and be saved if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that jesus died and he was raised again and if you believe in the suffering and the crucifixion and the sacrifice that jesus made on the cross and believe in him all that takes for you to do that you are a changed person the simplicity of salvation now we have heard this said friends salvation may be free but it is not cheap you heard this said before yes it is so true friends you know let us not take the gift of salvation for granted this morning i say that because friends uh, many of us can do that take it for granted rather let us abide in jesus and enjoy him daily 
In Isaiah chapter 61, we get a glimpse of the ongoing ministry of the Messiah. I say that because that was a prophecy concerning the Messiah. But we find in the New Testament, when Jesus enters the synagogue, he is handed over the scroll to read and the portion that he reads exactly what Isaiah chapter 61 had prophesied. And then he reads it, folds it back, gives it to the people, to those in charge of the synagogue. And he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus saying, I have done what my father has asked, what the prophets have prophesied. Jesus has done it. As he came as a Messiah. You see friends, Jesus a Messiah is called Emmanuel. Both the prophecy and the fulfillment of the prophecy that we read in New Testament. In Matthew's Gospel where we read, He is our Emmanuel, God with us. I want us to know this morning, Jesus is not only with us, but he's sufficient to meet whatever need you may have today, friends. In Isaiah chapter 61, some of the needs of pe that people have is mentioned there. And it's mentioned to just remind us the Messiah has come to help such people, friends. Is there spiritual poverty in your life? He has come to preach the good news of the gospel to the poor. Simply not talking about the economic status, friends. But he's come for all people. He's come for people who probably do not know him in an intimate manner. There is a spiritual poverty that they are struggling with. He's come for people who are broken hearted. He's come for people who are captive to someone or something. He has come for people who are oppressed from the evil darkness around them. And he says it like this. It is time for the Lord's favor. It is time for the Messiah's favor. The favor of the Lord can set you free today, friends. Jesus, our Messiah, is here to meet your need. This morning, as we bring our service to a close, and I request the service to please come, I want us to think about what Andrew, one of the disciples of Jesus, of course he becomes a disciple of Jesus later, but the first encounter of Jesus, he heard about Jesus. Jesus just starts the public ministry. And Andrew takes out some time along with another disciple. They say it's John. And he goes and spends time, some time with Jesus. That brief moment of time, friends. All that needed for him to understand who Jesus is. And as he spent that time with Jesus, he, the Bible records for us in John chapter 1, you'll read that, and I'm going to quote verse 41. He finds 
his own brother Peter first and he tells we have found the Messiah we have found the Messiah this morning I trust friends that you will keep your hearts open may the Holy Spirit help all of us one more time to say we have found the Messiah we have found the Messiah as I said we sing some beautiful songs and Pastor Agnel is going to lead us in one of the songs it simply says let me read the lyrics of the song as I come and join the service to lead us in this communion that we have before us it simply says the lyrics wonderful merciful savior precious redeemer and friend who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men you rescue the souls of men counselor comforter keeper spirit we long to embrace you offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost the way oh we have hopelessly lost the way listen to the chorus friends you are the one that we praise you are the one we adore you get the healing and grace our hearts always hunger for you our hearts always hunger for you and he closes with almighty infinite father faithfully loving your own here in our weakness you find us falling before your throne we are falling before your throne thanks for listening to this message from ag kolkata we hope you would stay connected by following us online you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram by using at agc kolkata we would love to know how this message has touched your life please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at stories@agkolkata.org at hope you have a great week ahead